Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories, I am Andy Zaltzman. Now, here at The Bugle, we've always enjoyed shining a light on some of the most deplorable human beings on this famous planet of ours. In issue 107, back in March 2010, John Oliver and I were spoilt for choice. So here is Top Story from The Bugle Ethics Special. Ethics! It's not just an English county next to Thuffolk. (laughs) Boom! Boom. Can I do my version of that joke, John? <laughs> okay. okay. Ethics. Now, to most politicians and businessmen, ethics is just a county cricket team that used to be really good in the 80s. <laughs> boom, 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 boom! There you go! That joke has been officially milked dry now. <laughs> uh, this week's Bugle is indeed a tribute to all those brave men and women who work tirelessly, dedicatedly, and for only their own massive personal profit to put the violations into ethics violations. <laughs> and this has been a great week for ethics scand- scandals, Andy. It seems that we humans are really crystallising now the most effective techniques for how to completely demean ourselves as a species. <laughs> a-, a truly memorable ethics violation is a thing of beauty. It's a work of art. It must have that perfect balance of a large element of hypocrisy, an undertone of arrogance, and maybe the occasional dash of sexual assault for flavour. And someone who... Sounds like a night out with you, John. Someone who mastered mastered this recipe recently was Congressman Eric Massa of New York's 29th District. Hold your head up high, Eric, and now hang it down in shame. (laughs) He resigned on Monday under the cloud of an ethics probe, having been accused of groping three of his staffers, but that is just the tip of his extremely tawdry iceberg. (laughs) 
All kinds of uh, male sexual assaults dating back to his time in the Navy, Navy are now emerging around the married father of three. It's also not a charge he particularly denies. He went on Glenn Beck's hourly pulpit bonanza on Tuesday, <laughs> defending himself by saying, not only did I grope a starver, I tickled him until he couldn't breathe, and then four men jumped on top of me. It was my 50th birthday. <laughs> First off, First off, it's, it sounds like Massa was under the misapprehension that the staffer involved had a particularly ticklish penis. <laughs> and, and also, that is not, unless I'm horrifically mistaken, a 50th birthday tradition. <laughs> you get to pick someone in the room, tickle them to the point of asphyxiation, and then four other men will pile on. There's no better way to say goodbye to your 40s. <laughs> yeah, facing uh, an ethics uh, probe following alleged... Sexual harassment of a younger male member of staff, and ironically, member of staff is the nickname Massa uses for his Django Badango. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he's admitted uh, also that he used language that he described as salty, <laughs> which is I don't know, uh -huh. I mean, pretty vague, but yeah. I guess kind of expressive. Yeah. He said, I did use language in the privacy of my own home and in my inner office that after 24 years in the Navy might make a chief petty officer feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Crumbs. That, the mind boggles. What, what could he mean? Could he have said, holy shit, there's a torpedo about to hit our ship? If I was a chief petty officer, that would make me feel pretty uncomfortable. As would, hey, fellas, let's liven things up and see if we can ram that iceberg. Or even, that Japanese pilot looks like he doesn't know where he's going. This isn't an air force. What a nitwit. Perhaps the best detail of this whole story concerned Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> the famously foul-mouthed White House Chief of Staff, who Massa claims confronted him in the Congressional gym showers over his refusing to vote on the presidential health care bill. He said, I'm sitting there showering, naked as a jaybird, and here comes Rahm Emanuel, not even with a towel, his finger in my chest, yelling at me because I wasn't going to vote for the president's budget. Massa said... You know how awkward it is to have a political argument with a naked man? <laughs> I don't know that, Andy, but I'm guessing that the answer is extremely awkward. <laughs> I think it depends, John. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, just, it's one of the fundamental questions of human life. How awkward is it to have a political argument with a naked man? Well, you know, that goes back to the very start of humanity. You know, Adam and Eve probably wasn't that awkward. Uh -huh, you know, true. just imagine it. True. Adam saying, well, I just think democracy is a needless luxury in a world with a population of two, love. Now put that apple down and stop talking to snakes. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you're having a... It also depends who you're t having the argument with, John. Hitler, for example, right. I'd guess any political argument with Hitler is awkward, whether he was wang in or wang out. Uh -huh. I guess, in a way, probably harder to keep a straight face if he was in the... Uh, probably harder to keep a straight face if he was in the Nazi buff, as he used to get quite animated talking about politics, and he must have, well, had a bit of bounce and flop whilst he was banging on about stuff. <laughs> also, I guess, depends on your attitude towards nudity. I mean, the Swedes right. probably think nothing of having a political discussion uh, in the raw. They probably think it's odd to talk about anything with clothes on, in fact. And also depends on the location, you know, in a sauna or a right. nudist beach, you probably just forget about the nudity after a bit. But more awkward in a more formal, traditional political setting, like the Houses of Parliament. I mean, why do you think British MPs voted for the Corn Laws in the 19th century? It's because then Prime Minister Lord Liverpool started stripping off until people agreed with him. <laughs> or, or the UN. Now, now, I think Chavez is the man to put this to the test, John. Oh, yeah. I, I can think of no more appropriate naked man to launch a political discussion at the UN than Chavez. I want to find out if his balls are anti-American too. Oh, that would be great. Chavez just walking naked up to the podium and the first word out of his mouth being, What? <laughs> 
Okay, it also depends on what you're discussing, John. True. Whether, yeah, how awkward it is. If it's whether or not underpants should be punitively taxed, it might be appropriate. You know, whether or not willies should have the vote, similarly. But how to legislate against illegal sex trafficking, that would look bad. But... I guess under my modern British repressed standard, Dandy, it sounds excruciatingly awkward. But the problem is it also sounds funny enough to know that you couldn't really relay that anecdote in an interview and expect people not to find it hysterical. (laughs) And apparently, interestingly, quite a lot of business gets done in the congressional gym and perhaps, perhaps this butt-naked bipartisan summit should be continually encouraged. If Congress cannot get a piece of legislation moving clothed, they should have to do it naked, whaps and wangs <laughs> waggling in the wind. It, it might stop the kind of political grandstanding that's poisoning both houses at the moment. It's a well-known fact that people are 84% less pompous when they're naked. <laughs> and 62% more horny! <laughs> because if you think about it, Andy, the ancient Greeks got a lot done because they did most of their legislating when in the bath together. <laughs> you see a whole new side of someone. I'm telling you, Andy, naked Congress. It'll help Washington work much more effectively and will make the State of the Union address unmissable television. <laughs> Furthermore, any nervous president will not have to try to picture everyone naked because they'll already be that way. God, it's probably lucky that didn't apply when Clinton was in charge. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd have been standing some way back from his podium. Now, uh, <laughs> but what was interesting was that after this story about being jabbed in the chest by a naked Rahm Emanuel, mm-hmm. <laughs> Massa's uh, interlocutor on the, uh, the the radio show said, uh, surely that's sexual harassment. <laughs> what? Poking someone angrily in the chest while telling them to vote for something? That just screams, I want to make love to you. It depends what you're poking them with. <laughs> Finally, in response to the allegations emerging from Massa's time in the Navy, including so-called meat-watching and snorkelling, please don't look either of those up. <laughs> Do yourself a favour and resist the temptation to look either of those M- up. Meat-watching? No joy lies at the end of that rainbow. <laughs> uh, he has said... Back in his... Just don't do it. I know there's a natural curiosity now, and I, do, I cannot overstate. It will not... It's, there's no pot of gold there. Uh, he's, he, sa- he said that back in his day, the Navy was, and I quote, just like an English boarding school. But the thing is, English boarding schools are pretty gay places, have they? <laughs> pretty gay. The only thing that could have made this even more perfect were, were if he'd had an extremely reactionary voting record on gay rights. That's the classic. But for that, you often need to cross the aisle for a classic page from the Social Conservative Scandal textbook. Step forward this week, California Senator Roy Ashburn, a fierce opponent of gay rights who's battled for 15 years against gay rights laws in California. Last week, he, in a depressingly unsurprising development, was arrested for drunk driving as he left a gay nightclub with a male passenger in the car. (laughs) He came out the next day during a radio interview saying, I'm gay. Those are the words that have been so difficult for me to say for so long. And it's sad, Andy, that he had to feel this way. It's sad that he had to feel ashamed of his natural feelings. And it's sad that it's all the fault of people like him who (laughs) demonise gays and lesbians by supporting laws of discrimination against them. He manages to be both victim and villain here. (laughs) Last last year, he opposed a bill to establish a day of recognition to honour a gay rights activist, Harvey Milk. What the f*** 
is wrong with this man? He helped on a daily basis make it difficult for gay people like himself to come out of the closet which he was in. <laughs> Presumably the best way of doing that is hoping that you get caught drunk driving away from a nightclub one day. I think we have to look on the positive side here. He, cl he claimed that his votes against uh, the gay rights legislation simply reflected the will of his constituents rather than his own personal uh, lifestyle choices and what he described as his internal conflicts. And I think democracy needs more politicians who are public-spirited enough to see beyond their own self-interest. Now, admittedly, it would carry a little bit more authenticity if he had said he was gay whilst he was voting against the gay rights measures right. in an effort to grease up to his electorate rather than waiting until he visited a gay nightclub en route to being arrested for drink driving with a man in the car. So I think his ethics rating, John, I don't know, uh, naughty for me. <laughs> Uh, whereas Massa, for me, I'd say his ethics rating is wonky. Right. I was fascinated by his relationship with Rahm Emanuel as well. He said he's the son of the devil's spawn. Yes. An individual who would sell his mother to get a vote. Mm -hmm. He would strap his children to the front end of a steam locomotive. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Top Stories. To hear more of our shows, to buy the Dancy Lagarde book, or to donate to keep the Bugle free, flourishing and independent, go to thebuglepodcast.com.